Welcome back to Journey for Justice, the Trial of Kyler Use podcast. This is our third daily update. Today we heard from fewer witnesses than we did yesterday. It was very different uh, from day two. Yesterday, the prosecution and defense blew through 15 witnesses. Today, only four witnesses took the stand, um, including two of Kyler Use's former girlfriends. Just a reminder, I'm Haley Godburn, and today I'm joined by our reporter, Sarah Plake, who is in the media workroom today. Sarah, we, today we heard a lot of information from just a few people. Can you tell me a little bit about what stuck out to you today? Yeah, a lot of the day was focused on this FBI wiretap that one of youth ex-girlfriend, um, one of his ex-girlfriends wore. Uh, she was, you know, cooperating with the FBI to see if they could find out anything about Karkopetsky's disappearance. And so it was just hours. I, it felt like hours to me. Um, definitely two hours at least worth of this wiretap that uh, it, it was two different types of um, audio. It was like it, it was like an audio that we that I'm assuming was picking up off of this uh, key fob that was actually a secret recording device. So she had one of those. Um, and then she had a hidden camera kind of like near the dashboard or somewhere on the dashboard of her car. And so um, this was Caitlin Ferris. She had dated Kyler um, for a little while. And then fast forward to 2011, that's when she actually did the wiretap and spent all day with him um, trying to uh, talk about Kara. Um, it's, under, it's the understanding that she knew already um, maybe the, about what had happened, um, that Kyler had confessed to her that he killed Kara. Um, so listening to all of that today was huge. I thought, because we heard and saw Kyler on camera talking, um, one soundbite that really stood out to me. Um, and, and this was kind of like, he was talking really quickly. Um, it was kind of like a run on sentence, but he said something, he said something to the effect of on the day that we're going to the death spot of my ex-girlfriend that I killed. And so, uh, that was big. I mean, everybody in the media overflow room was just kind of gassed and kind of looking at each other. And there were some, I think, friends of the family who was in that room, too, who were in that room, too. But, uh, yeah, that was the majority of the day. I, I would say the whole day was pretty uh, pretty shocking, I thought, just from what people were saying and, um, you know, detailing times when they were with Kyler used when he allegedly confessed uh, to, to killing Kara and, and all of that. So it was all really compelling stuff today. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and that wiretap recording was actually kind of a contentious issue leading into this trial because the defense team filed a motion to make all of that, try to make all of that inadmissible in court. That was ultimately denied. So that was all played today and they're going to start up again tomorrow with a couple more hours of it. Um, but I also want to ask you about another person who testified today, Candace Matthews. She's now Candace St. Clair. She was a former girlfriend of Kyler's who she says um, she was violently attacked by him. Uh, can you kind of talk about her right. testimony a little bit and um, any reaction you saw to it? Yeah. So I, I wasn't able to see the reaction of the jury or, 
like the family or anything um, because I was in the media overflow room and I, I was in there, I, I was in the over, overflow room all day because uh, phones and like laptops and anything like that, that that's not allowed in the actual courtroom. And so, you know, I want to be live blog, live tweeting and everything all day. So it's just better for me to be in the overflow room where I can just kind of watch on a video. So all we saw, all I got to see was on the, um, the witness stand. But anyway, um, Kath, uh, Candace, St. Clair, she dated Kyler um, used about 10 years ago, around 2011. And she was about 17 or 18 at the time. And she was actually living with him. And she described the relationship as violent and unhealthy and uh, an emotional roller coaster, something she would never want to repeat ever again in her life. And she talked about a time when um, uh, Kyler came home to find her packing up her bags because she was going to leave him. And she said that he uh, got on top of her and put both of his hands around her neck. And she kind of demonstrated the way he did that. She said he, it was hand over hand. And uh, she described it as trying to crush her trachea. And he told her that, uh, allegedly told her that he had killed ex-girlfriends in the past out of sheer jealousy. And he would kill her too before she even had a chance to, to scream, uh, some, you know, to that effect. And um, so that, yeah, so that, that was, a, I think, the biggest piece where that was the most shocking part. Um, but then she kind of talked about what she did afterward um, uh, and during the attack that he would choke her to the point, to the point of unconsciousness and then punch her legs um, to then wake her up again. And uh, she said that, the next morning she woke up and he was trying to cuddle with her. She said spooning her, telling her how much he loved her and that uh, if she was good, this would never happen again. Um, and so it was just all very violent to the things that she was saying. And it was just, you know, horrific to even think about um, that happening to somebody. Uh, that, that was just kind of my anybody's thought, I guess, anybody's reaction That's uh, a pretty, uh, I think if, you know, triggering, that could be a very triggering um, thing to hear. But uh, after that, I think um, the defense really tried to show Candace as unreliable and uh, questioning what she did, because initially, uh, Candace said that she did not go to the police because she was scared. And then she ended up kind of going back and forth, back and forth, like, um, you know, leaving Kyler, then going back with him, getting a, a restraining order against him. Then she dropped it. She went back to him and then she finally left. Um, so it was just this whole thing. And um, she didn't end up telling the police or talking about it until um, a couple months later because she had told one of her friends what happened and her friend told the police. And then she ended up posting on the Find Car Kapetsky page like, hey, this, this is what happened to me. Um, because then she started doing like research and Googling about Kara because she knew that, um, her and use had dated before, uh, though she, she'd never met Kara though. Um, so that was, that was, that was really compelling to listen to. It was, I agree. And, uh, she did note that she suffered, she suffers from PTSD from that attack, but she came in and gave her statement with, uh, boldness and it, I couldn't completely tell from uh, the angle I was watching, but it seemed like she was oftentimes looking at Kyler while she was telling her story. Yeah. So that was something that stood yeah. out to me. She was very powerful in her speech today. Another thing I wanted to ask you, as you mentioned, uh, there were a lot of friends and family in the media work workroom. Um, you know, they're only allowing 
two rows of family and friends in the actual courtroom. So I was wondering if there were any points today where you noticed that they did have a reaction to anything that was said. Well, I think it was just some friends who, who I, I, and I think, um, I'm not sure if they're, if they're friends of Kara's or not, um, but, or if they're friends of Caitlin Ferris, um, the, the ex-girlfriend who did the wiretap, but uh, it was during that part where um, Eust was talking about uh, killing Kara. Um, he didn't go into detail or anything. And I don't know if that's what we're going to hear tomorrow is more detail on that wiretap. But some of those parts, um, somebody that was sitting there uh, looked like they were crying um, listening to that. I mean, because uh, there were several points in that wiretap where he would kind of allude or kind of talk about it. And then he would change the subject and continue to ask Ferris to get back together with him. I mean, it, like talk about an emotional roller coaster, just listening to that wiretap. It was just up and down, up and down. I mean, Kyler was like inconsolable at one point and rambling on and on. And then he was super happy because, you know, he wanted to get back together with Ferris and then he was sad again. It was just, it was wild just listening to this whole day with them. Yeah, it was it was very up and down, and I anticipate we'll we'll hear more of that tomorrow. Sarah, lastly, I want to ask you: It's the end of day three of this trial. Are there any themes in the prosecution's or defense's arguments that you picked up on? I think definitely themes um, in in the way the defense is is attacking this. They are really trying to cast doubt and uncertainty on these witnesses' testimony because they're trying to make uh, like Nick Yates. He was a friend of Kyler Yust, who said that youth confessed to killing Kara, but then he didn't end up like telling the police about it until later on. Um, and then, you know, of course, Candace, she, the fact that she has gone back and forth, back and forth, um, that she didn't initially tell the police, but then she ended up posting on Facebook about this attack, this alleged attack. They're, they're really trying to show or, or show the jury or have the jury think that these witnesses are, um, are, are flaky, they're sketchy, maybe, and that they uh, maybe don't know what they're talking about. At least I think that's that's what the defense is trying to do. I agree with that assessment from from what I've heard as well. So Sarah, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to give us an update on what happened today. Listeners, you'll hear more from her in the coming weeks. In the meantime, find all of these episodes and more details about the case at kshb.com slash trial. Court is back in session at 830 tomorrow. Uh, they're going to start with more of that wiretapped recording. And the, uh, the prosecution is also ready with 12 more witnesses uh, if they get that far. So we will update you again tomorrow evening. Mm-hmm.